2: so I assume you guys are having a great time. Isn't this fun? Love it, man, after 10 months or so of uh, preparing for this with a great team of people, Six Man and, and my partner Mark Willis, to see you guys here having fun and the shows and there's people everywhere having a great time, it really is what it's all about for me, so thank you guys for being here. And remember, you have one job, just have fun, have a good time all the time, right? So uh, we're gonna continue the fun uh, with uh, uh, another uh, uh, episode of Talk is Jericho. Did you guys come last night? That was a great show. It's gonna be even better tonight though. Jake the Snake Roberts! He came out.
3: My fans made it. Where's yours?
0: <laughs>
2: I never uh, noticed this before. You look like Sam Elliott now. It's a good thing. He, he copies me. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Man, if you're gonna go for something, go for somebody's making money. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this hey, is- man, before we go any, please get started. I want to tell you, I am so shocked at how well this all comes off, how smooth things go, and how gracious these people are. Um, You know, I've known for a long time that wrestling fans were the best fans in the world. Hell, they liked me when I couldn't stand me, you know? And there was a long time of that, but uh, you have a special fan, so do I. Uh, She's not here tonight, though. Her name is Wendy Lynn Lavoskin, and she was booked on this tour, but at the last minute, she stayed home to give up a kidney to save somebody's life. You know, that's when it gets real, you know? And, uh, I think it's a great idea that you give her and her family a free round trip. You know, I'll mention that, that idea. sounds good to me. <laughs> I'll chip in on it, man. No, no, I, up. Just for one. Give it a small family. I get carried away. <laughs> no, no, it's late. I found out from her friends that, that it came, went ahead and came on the, the tour. And uh, they told me, man, and I just, last night, I couldn't get that off my mind about how unselfish that was and how awesome that was. She didn't even know the person that she was giving the kidney to. But uh, it's literally saved the girl's life, man. Shout out to Wendy if you're listening.
2: Actually, you you're uh, one of the first wrestlers that I ever met. Uh, in 1987, I drove my mom's car downtown. I got in a little fender bender. I was scared to death uh, to see you at World of Wheels. Jake the Snake yeah, Roberts, yeah, Roll the Wheels, yeah, remember those? Man. Yeah. You yeah. signed the autograph, and it was up on my wall uh,
3: for years. As a yeah, I got in so much trouble with them, man. Why? Uh, they had this guy that was signing autographs that does all these, uh, you know, love novels and stuff. His name is, uh, you know, with the real long hair, what's his name? Fabio. And I was back-to-back with him, and... Whenever I seen he was there, I told the promoter, I said, dude, if I don't outdraw that motherfucker, I'll kiss your ass, you know? (laughs) He goes, man, they're lining up for him. I'm like, really? And I went out there, and there were about 40 girls out there, you know? And he kept, you know, sometimes I might have said something loud that might have offended him or something. I didn't mean to. I didn't know he was that, 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 you know, a pussy. But... (laughs) I wound, up, uh, I wound up I wound up I I got Damien out to show my fans and I, I tripped on the carpet and, and it went over my head and it, it went on him. And uh, uh the next thing I know, uh I was being arrested and there were lawyers there and they were serious, man. Seems I fed up his hair. <laughs> but uh yeah. And that was the last time, unfortunately. I worked for World of Wheels. <laughs> Did
2: you guys do a lot of those types of signings back? Because yeah, your man. schedule is not. Yeah, yeah, itself. I
3: love those things, man. That was such easy money. I mean, they give you a handful of money to to do one, and you went and signed for two hours. Unless you're a jerk like me, you know, then I'll just sit there as long as I want to. You know, I mean, I, I just can't get up and walk out. If I've got like 75 people left, I'm gonna stay, man. What the hell, you know? Yeah. It's only right, man. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, I think you're all mentally f- but, you know, you're gonna stand in line two hours to listen to my bullshit, you f***ing idiot. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but you were super
2: popular when you talk about eighties yeah, WWF. Obviously, Hogan was on top, and there's a couple others, but everybody knows knew Jake the Snake. Yeah. yeah. To, every, seriously, I remember the first time, the first time I ever met a friend of mine, a, a lifelong friend at this point, where we had first met. You like wrestling? Yeah, I like wrestling. DDT, Jake the Snake, DDT. Everybody knew that. Um, what was it like at that time frame? Uh, what were you like at that point in time? Was there ever a, a, a chance for you
3: to be the top babyface in the company? <laughs> Not as long as Hogan was there. Right. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, it, it was such an eye-opening experience to go from you know I'd done I'd already done been in the business for many years and uh, you know I'd had my twenty-dollar payoffs and you know you've had a few of those I'm sure and. Uh, Overpaid, and uh, you know, but you know I had my rough times, and uh, to go from driving twenty-five hundred miles a week and wrestling seven days and being paid you know on a great week fifteen hundred to flying to nine different cities because you work twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday and get a check for fifteen thousand for how much fifteen grand. Fifteen you know? grand. And it was like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, they don't cash that. They, they're, they, they, they screwed up. They screwed up. It's got to be fifteen hundred, you know. But it wasn't, man, because at the time it was so hot. It did not matter where we went. It was sold out. You know, Sacramento, L.A., San Diego, just sell out, sell out, sell out. But if it wasn't sold out, everybody's like, oh, my God, what's happened? You know, the, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. But, um, and to go from, you know, I was, I was known in Louisiana because I'd been there for many years off and on. But then when you went to the WWE, man, all of a sudden they know you in Albany, New York, Tampa, Florida, Canada, you know, Europe, Mexico, everywhere. And the airports became a problem because the fans would bombard you in the airports, you know? And uh, it was it was good for me for a while because I got away with it, but because I just kind of dressed down, but then the hair started really showing up and, and maybe the snakeskin boots and stuff had something to do with it, but... <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to go for it because, hey, you might get bumped up to first class, you know? <laughs> A uh, cheap ass Vince. Anyway, you know, but um, uh, and, and then Rick Rude came along. Well, Rick, Rick and I, we've had a we had a long career, you know, together. I, I knew him before he got started. And, in fact, he bled all over my living room one time and uh, ruined the couch. And he was just visiting, you know. But, <laughs> that was back in the days when I was the Georgia Championship wrestling and uh, somebody had suckered him out in the parking lot, man, and then they beat the dog child. He stole all of his jewelry and cut him, and uh, he, uh, he ruined everything, but then I, I got him a job real quick and got him out of my house, you know. <laughs> I did that to two guys. I got, I got Rick Root a job, got him booked, and then, my son of a bitchin', Animal, the road warrior. He he has another buddy come down. Now the second buddy had some real issues. It seems that he was about to get married. Okay, and two days before he gets married, he catches his soon-to-be wife with the best man, and um, he, he kind of may he may have snapped. <laughs> right? So he came to Atlanta because he was contemplating suicide, murder, and all sorts of stuff, so he fit in perfectly with us. And uh, <laughs> we just uh, let him roll for a while, but man, he started driving me nuts. He started throwing all my damned ashtrays out of the house, you know? And and I don't really care about the ashtray, but sometimes I'll put a bud in there, you know? And or a rock, and uh, you know, did <laughs> I say it out loud, <laughs> Man, anyway, those were the days, anyway. So I wound up getting him a job, and he had never put on a pair of wrestling tights. And I got him a job, not only did I get him a job, but he went right into the main events, in Mid-Atlantic. Who was it? Well, how about Nikita Koloff? Yeah. And from the last time that I seen him work, he still hadn't learned.
0: (laughs) The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover
1: why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on it is our time kingdom of the planet of the apes now playing only in theaters tickets on sale now rated pg-13 some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
2: you mentioned being with hogan is the top eight oh ladies. yeah man so obviously you're not going to get past that uh, well i just wanted to
3: work with the guy you know because that's when you got paid you know, so explain that well the WWF they got levels ok the champ gets the most money ok I dig it I understand then the intercontinental champ but if you're wrestling the champ you get the same money so that's a damn good thing well you sorry son of a bitch in wrestling bands I don't know what I ever did to y'all but y'all really screwed me on this one we shot the angle to wrestle Hulk Hogan in Phoenix. I DDT'd him on the snake pit, and I go to the back, and Vince is like, Stand right here, Jake. This is going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. In about 30 seconds, they'll start chanting, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. He'll come to his feet, he'll rip his shirt off, and you guys are going to be making money for the next year. I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> so 15 seconds 30 seconds 45 seconds and then hulk gets up without them chanting and then they started chanting but ddt ddt and uh vince looked at me and he goes you're screwed He allowed me to wrestling twice. Uh, Once was Providence, Rhode Island. We set a record there. And then in Montreal, at the forum, the old forum, we wrestled there and sold it out, man. And Vince says, it's not happening again because the fans were split chanting DDT. It was hurting him as a babyface to work with you. I understood it whenever he put it out there, but I didn't have to like it. The bottom line is, I I get it. It's all about business. And and he's got $10 million invested in Hulk's merchandise. And he's got 52 cents invested in mine. (laughs) You know? And he didn't want to get stuck with Hulk shit, so... uh, That's when they decided I had to be a babyface. And that way, I could get the heels ready for Hulk. Because that way, I would... See, back then, they were running three towns a night, two major towns, then uh, the C team, which was, you've been in trouble. <laughs> I-, I made that one quite a bit, <laughs> <Yeah>. But um, <laughs> I would wrestle, let's say, in-, in Philly against Bad News Brown, and he would beat me, and then the next time in Philly, him and Hulk would wrestle. Well, that's okay. I mean, I still got the major city. That's a good rub. But you know, you could be a little bit nicer with this money thing, man, you know what I'm saying? I am saying my bitch was if I'm gonna be on fourth, now you know from being up there, you could be fourth on the card, but then they change the numbers up and you're on last. I was last every friggin' night. Every night. But I was being paid is a third match. Right. And that just kind of hurt, man. And uh, I brought it up two or three times. It didn't do me any good, you know. You know how Vince McMahon is. You know, It's his game, man. He, he owns all the pieces, and uh, you got to play. As Pat Patterson
2: used to say, it's his ice cream shop. Sometimes he likes chocolate, sometimes he likes vanilla, but he owns the f- shop. What, do do? <laughs> what
3: are you going to do? What are you going to
2: do?
3: I questioned him one time on merchandise about... You know how things were being counted because, you know, I had a sister, half sister, that wrestled up there, Rock and Robin, and she was she was banging the merchandise guy, right? I didn't set her up to do that. She did it on her own. You know, but I would I would hang out with them, and I'd ask the guy, say, Hey, how many shirts do I sell tonight? He goes, Oh, man, you sell out every night. I said, Well, how many do you sell? He goes, Well, they send them in a box of a hundred. Okay, that's all right. Well, then I'd get my count out, and say, Baltimore, seven shirts. Are you serious? New York, Madison Square Garden's 15 shirts. You did good that night, Jake, you know? So I went to Vince, and I'm like, Vince, uh, about this counting of the shirts, man, I said, something smells here. He said, Jake, it's right there in black and white. I says, I said, well, maybe I need to talk to the guy that's counting. He said, well, that won't really help you. Why not? Jake, that money you got, if you don't want it, give it back, but you'll never get any more. Okay. You know, there could be a lot of things different in this old world and he could do a lot of things different too but you know uh, I am so grateful for what I did get and the opportunity to dis- display my wares cuz I had so much damn fun man I mean you know I, I'm one of those one of those guys that really didn't give a shit about how much I was making I just wanted to keep doing it you know yeah. I mean I know when I when I had my neck messed up, they told me I'd never ever wrestle again because I had two discs that were completely gone. And um, all the surgeons says, "No way in hell, you're going back in that ring." I'm like, hey, "You have no idea, Doc. It's a chemical world now." <laughs> and uh, I went to I went to Amsterdam after the surgery and picked up a few products. And, <laughs> Came back and uh, at the time of the, the surgery, I could lift like four pounds with my left arm. That was it. I couldn't hardly lift my left arm at all. And um, somehow, within like ten weeks, I was doing seated behind-the-neck presses with 225, and and I gained a lot of size. And that, here's here's the best part, though. I gained like 40 pounds, man, in three months. I was like. So I went in to see Vince to tell him I was coming back. And he almost took a bump out of his chair when he said, what the hell's wrong with you? What do you think Vince? <laughs> and he looks at me and goes, Jake, what the hell have you done to yourself? I said, My God, I'm in the best shape of my life. Look at this shit, man. I mean, I, was, I had big knobs up here on my shoulders and shit. He says, Jake, if we wanted Hogan to carry the snake, we'd have Hogan carry the snake. He said, "We wanted some slimy, no good son of a bitch to carry this thing. <laughs> you know, a guy that looks like he's been run through the mill and a little nasty and dirty and a flesh-eating bastard." Well, thank you, sir. I think, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he told me, he "says, uh, if I find out that you're in the gym, I'm finding you a thousand dollars every time." <laughs> so. I did the right thing. Went to the bar. I, no, I did not. I stayed at I stayed at home and drank by the pool. But I, I did uh, I did up my cocaine use quite a bit. And uh, I should have paid the thousand dollars because I saved more money. <laughs> when you're when you're talking about Vince,
2: and obviously we all have great relationships with him, Jake the Snake. Snake uh, was that his gimmick? Your no, idea? God, no, I was Jake
3: the Snake Roberts long before I went up there.
2: So it's it's rare that he would allow you to have that exactly. name there. Yeah. What was
3: his mindset on that? Uh, didn't have a choice. You <laughs> know, <laughs> I mean, it was a great idea. You know, no doubt. And uh, no, I came up with that idea like in nineteen seventy-eight or seventy-nine. Did you have a snake with you? No. No. Okay. Nobody let me do it. You know, and, and Bill Watts' terms, he says, Jake, this is not a goddamn circus. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you got junkyard dog up there, man. <laughs> you know, you got junkyard dog. You <laughs> got this cowboy Bill Watts, and you don't call this a circus? So
2: when you first had to start using the snake,
3: oh man, was it the same snake horrible. all the
2: time? No, no, Okay. No, no.
3: You know, folks, um, I'm, I'm such a liar. Uh, I hate snakes. Uh, wow! I am terrified of f- snakes. Really? I swear to God, I will. I will piss myself faster than you. I will. But it's a crazy thing, man. Uh, you know, it's Chris. You're in that locker room and you're sitting there and your body feels like shit, maybe, and. Maybe you've got a hangover, you don't feel good, or your wife's been beating your ass or something. But when that bell rings, boom, you're Jericho. Same thing here. I'd be back there in the back looking at that bag going, motherfucker, I don't wanna do shit. And, and they'd ring the bell and it's, and I grab it, throw it on my back, get on it, go in there, do the thing, get the snake out, put it on the guy come out of the ring, hold it up in front of the people, and I'll tell you all about that in a minute, you can really hate my ass. And then I'd go to the back, and as soon as I went through that curtain, God damn, get that off of me. Yeah. Now, you guys remember when I used to hold a snake above my head? I'm going to tell you why. I learned something. That... When you hold the snake above your head, you can feel the snake contracting. Now what that means is, he's fixing to spray shit. Because really? snakes spray like a skunk does. They do. Really? It's the nastiest, filthiest smelling stuff, and it don't wash off. So whenever I get that snake and I pull it above my head, I'd have that tail, I'd have like a water faucet and I'd go (laughs) (laughs) and and the fans would be cheering going oh look, the snake's hissing (laughs) and and then I'd watch the filter down (laughs) 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 and that's when I usually got my nut (laughs) now you're talking about
2: the 80's I feel bad for that poor snake were you ribbing with the snake that poor thing
3: it sucked man you know the guy tells me he goes jake don't worry about it just uh put it in the bathtub i'm like really he goes yeah put it in the bathtub turn some warm water on not hot you don't want to scald him okay get about four inches in there and cut it off i'm like okay is that it he goes yeah i said he'll stay in there oh no he's not going to stay in there (laughs) well you know what does that mean the rest of the night well he's going to be going where he wants to. Well, not if I got the door shut. i be sure to shut the door because you don't want him to kill you in your sleep. You're right, I don't. And uh, so let me tell you what happened, man. I'm dreading this shit, man. And actually the first couple of nights, I didn't even leave it out of the bag. I said, you know. Then I started feeling a little guilty. So I dumped him out in the tub, I turned the water on, done the thing, turned it off. Boom, shut the door, go in and lay down. Just as I'm about to go to sleep, I hear the water running again. <laughs> what the hell? I must be hearing shit. That's, that's, that's from next door, yeah. And then I hear, bam, shh, What the, f- I jump up and, and steam comes flying out of the door. And evidently, he had wrapped himself around the hot water and turned it on. And then he scalded his ass. And then he shot up the wall, got on the shower curtain, broke it off. Oh, my gosh. It hit the sink, which broke the sink, too. And that hot waters on. And that motherfucker had his mouth open and was striking at me already. So, I just shut the door. (laughs) Left the water running. So... About, about an, an hour later, I called the front desk and said, look, uh, uh, my snake has broke the sink, you know? And uh, They're like, sir, we don't have time for this foolishness. All right. So, so I guess about 2.30 or three, they were beating on my door it seems that the floor below me was getting a lot of water. And uh, They opened the door, and goddamn, there is a snake in there! And I, I saw his, No, how'd that happen? And they're like, it's not yours. The hell no, I don't know a snake.
1: You know?
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters
3: So if I went home, I had to take it home with me. Oh yeah, here's a funny one for you. Not really, but, well, what? yeah, not really. I take the wife out shopping, you know, after you've been gone for a couple of months, the first thing they want to do is spend your money, you know. (laughs) At least mine did. And uh, we, we came back from shopping, and as we pull up in the driveway, she reaches up and just as she pushes that damn button i go don't do it because i seen the snake had gotten out and he was hanging in the garage door on that all that that chain and shit
0: yeah, yeah. And now
3: once the door starts going it won't stop till it hits something or it gets to the end and i'm watching this snake be rolled up in that chain and stuff and it's slapping the walls and blood's coming out and shit. They don't bullshit. Y'all didn't have to fight that son of a bitch like I did to get him down. It took me about three hours to get that snake loose, man. He bit me twice that day. So so this shit keep, hurts. Do you keep him in a cage if you're on no. the plane? Or how do you travel oh, on the, the plane? plane? On the plane, all you do is you put him in, in that bag you guys always seen in a trunk. And then put a blanket in there and showed it. You know, back then they didn't have the TSA thing. Um, so you would the, check the stink? No. Yeah. There was once that uh, I was in Minneapolis and I was trying to make a connection. You know how big that airport is there? Huge. And I'm hustling trying to make connection, man. And somebody keeps paging me. I'm like, okay, one of the guys is playing funny shit. Ha, ha, I'm not stopping. Well, I get about i don't know 50 yards from the gate and i hear people start saying there he is there he is and these red coats are coming after me delta airlines and i'm like it's not my dope man it's not mine." You know? <laughs> what <laughs> oh nothing sir i'm sorry <laughs> i am playing a joke on you know. <laughs> and they're like come over here and they take me over to the window and they go is that yours down there God damn, he's mad, ain't he? (laughs) And uh, he was mad because that tarmac gets really hot. That tarmac gets really hot and he was striking at these poor guys that are trying to reach in and grab him and shit. And they're like, is that yours? I'm like, well, yeah. Well, you need to go down there and get that. I'm like, no, I don't. What do you mean? I'm like, man, let me tell you something, dude. I said, that was in a locked trunk. And he was inside another bag that was tied in a knot. That snake ain't no Houdini. So somebody got nosy and wanted to find out what was in my luggage. Well, now they found out. (laughs) And now y'all can put that up. And... It was funny watching the, uh, the guys, the red coat guy, said something on a little microphone, and you look down there and there's a guy in a blue coat down there, he says something, and then he goes over and taps another guy, and they just pass it right down. And finally you got you know, Jeremy Joe over there with a, with a broom sweeping with his headphones on, and they tap him on the shoulder, and you see him doing this, and he walks off. <laughs> Tell so us some of
2: the angles that you did with the snakes, classic stuff, oh, yeah. with, with Andre, who was split of the yeah. skates, snakes, uh, the snakes, oh, the savage, oh, classic oh, savage. Yeah. Did, did the cobra really bite him? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> Tell That's us about Vince's pitch time. of this and how you and Randy dealt with it.
3: Well, it was suggested, and uh, I'm all for it.
2: And the angle was that the cobra is literally no, right. going to bite
3: yeah. macho Randy man. Savage, Macho Man. And uh, they, Macho comes to me and goes, mm, So you're ever going to do a little something special to me, huh? I'm like, yeah, bro, it's going to be awesome, man. I said, It's going to be really cool, bro. He's like, let me ask you something. Is that right are you absolutely sure that snake's been fixed? <laughs> that's great, by the way, <laughs> that's great.
1: That's macho, man.
3: What, what do you mean fixed, man? I said, he's got the venom sacs that have been removed. They've been filled with silicone. He goes, maybe they have and maybe they haven't. Stranger things have happened in the WWF. I'm like, what are you trying to say? Brother, I'm trying to say maybe you are like the rest of these f***ing jack-offs around here. Everybody wants to take the macho man's intercontinental heavyweight championship belt. <laughs> and, uh... I'm like, no, bro. <laughs> I ain't doing that bullshit. Of yours let me say this you need to let that snake bite you first I'm like, F- you really? man yeah, I'm like, F- you you know, in a nice way you know, not being disrespectful I said, dude, I ain't doing that shit he goes, if you're not gonna do that then you and I are gonna have to do a little fighting right now and this guy starts t- ripping his shit off, and he's squaring up on me. I'm like, are you serious? Goddamn damn right I am, you know. Now he picks up a chair, and he slings it. come on. I'm like, whoa, right here, man. You're a psycho. So I went over, and I got the bag out, and I pulled my pant leg up and slapped the snake a little bit and stuck my leg out there, and he bit my leg, and. So he bites it and I jerk him off of it. And Randy's like, okay, don't you dare move. Don't take no elixirs. Don't take no antidotes. Don't drink nothing. Don't take no pills. Don't touch nothing. I'm gonna sit right here and watch you f***ing die. <laughs> and, uh After about 20 minutes, he's like, "Mm." he looks at me and goes, did that screw you with your head? I'm like, yeah, but not near as much as you are. He's like, well, I guess it's okay then. And he's like, tell you what, listen to me real close. You know, we're gonna make some great money with this idea. But, uh... After the snake lets go, you bring him back to me. Because I may want you to hook him up again. Because I want to be sure it's done right. I'm like, no problem. (laughs) So in the match, I tie him in the ropes and I get the snake out. And I turn my back to him so he doesn't see me do it. I knock the dog shit out of that snake. (laughs) To, To, To piss him off. Oh, God, yeah. And as soon as I hammered him, he went, ah, you know, and, and I didn't even get close to him. He was like leaning over there trying to get to his arm. I'm like, damn man! And now he bites him, and I'm like, <laughs> 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 and so I grab it, and I'm like. <clears throat> Oh goddamn! And I do it two or three times, man, and I'm pulling him back, and he won't let go. And I'm like, holy shit, man! I'm like, I don't know what to do. I ain't no. He's snake- not letting go. No, I'm not no snake fixer, you know. And now Vince is tripping out. He sends Piper to ringside. Well, Piper's deathly afraid of snakes. So Piper's standing about where these people are back there, going, "Get the snake off of him." Said so. (laughs) Tell Vince I'm trying. And uh, about 20 more seconds go, and uh, he sends Elizabeth. And Elizabeth came right down the ringside because it was easy because Piper's right behind her pushing. (laughs) 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 swear to God. And uh, Jake, Vince said, now they're about to riot. No shit, I'm waiting for the first one, you know. Cause uh, you know how it is in the ring, man. As long as the people are screaming and everything, we feel pretty safe. But if it goes dead quiet, that means there's something messed up. And it had gotten quiet because people had ran out of kids had run out of tears from crying and shit. And, uh, and that was so awesome, though, man. And uh, what, what did Randy well, say? Well, I finally, I finally had to spread his mouth open like a lion. I pried his mouth open and he got him off of it. And, but then I remember what he said. So I picked the snake up and walked back over to Hey, Rick, right, get that mother away from me. <laughs> gotcha. Um, That's my favorite moment,
0: by
3: the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. I had call that my wood moment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had an angle um, about 10 years ago with Shawn Michaels that went about 9 or 10 months. And my uh, analogy was like, I want this to be a long angle like Jake the Snake and Rick Rude. You guys worked for about a year. Yeah, man. Which in this day and age, angles come and go and stories come and go so fast. That to me is still, what a gr- a year. It was
3: easy, man. And it could still be done. How was it, e- how was it easy for you, for you guys? Less is more, okay? You people deserve and should be entertained. But that doesn't mean that I gotta tell you 10 stories. We gotta take time to breathe every now and then. And I'm sure you fans wouldn't mind if these guys breathed a little bit more. Uh, Because here's, here's the bottom line, Chris. Because I argued it with Vince and I've argued it with everybody. If I am connected with these fans emotionally, I own them. You own them? I own them. I I can make them stand up. I can make them sit down. I can make them bark. I can make them love me. I can make them hate me. Okay? You do that with the psychology of the whole thing. And when we rush through things, we're cheating them out of the emotional tie-ins. It's, you know, it's no different in the movies today. You can watch, you know, Die Hard 26 where dogs are raping humans and the world's ending and all this, or you can turn on John Wayne threatening to pick up the gun. The thing is, you believe John Wayne was gonna kill that son of a bitch. Cause John Wayne was USA and that's just it. So we need, we need to just reel it back a little bit, man. The athletes today are so phenomenal. You know, much better athletes than we were. And, uh, of course, they're not working here as hard as we did. Or we as much. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, man. When I wrestled Ricky Steamboat 93 days straight. Yeah. Yeah. Hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, 93 days straight. Over three months. Every, every night. night. Twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday. And Have we heard did this tel- before? And when we did television back then, we did three tapes one day and three tapes the next day. So that meant that day, you're, that week you were working 14 times, and the rest of the time you are working... And that's what
2: you're talking about the 80s, and we talk about all those yeah. there's drugs and this, that, whatever. You guys, if I worked 93 days in a
3: row, I would be f***ed up crazy yeah, too. Man. <laughs> we... I did some steroids at the time just to help my body heal. You know, That's the reason steroids were first invented, by the way. It was to help our soldiers heal that were coming home from the, from the internment in the camps in Germany and Japan. Because they didn't want the American public to see these soldiers weighing 100 pounds. So they'd give them the steroids and put them on a slow boat home. By the time they got home, they've gained forty pounds, thirty pounds. They didn't look like death march people, you know. That's why it was invented is to help heal. But, you know, you can overuse anything, man. You know, you can have too much sex, from what I've read. I've never had. A it. I, I've never gotten to that limit. I seem to blow up first and just roll
2: over. But but when we talk about both Rude and, and Roberts. I still, like, we still remember, like, him having your wife at the time, Cheryl's face on his tights. Yeah. Like, that's stuff that you never forget. Like, that, like you mentioned, emotional, emotional connection time. to 30 years later, I still remember this.
3: Yeah. And see, it's, it's the same today. You know, you don't disrespect a man's wife. If I, if I had not yes. went out there and ripped those tights off of him, right. then I would have been the phony. Because Rick was going out the, to the ring. I said, Vince, if he goes through that curtain, I'm going out to rip him off. He goes, No, Jake, don't worry about it. Bullshit. Because if you ask me to do that, I'm not Jake the Snake anymore. Sometimes you got to do things to keep your character straight, whether they like it or not. And what you got to do is so you got to be smart enough to do it in such a way that you're not doing this to them. So, like one time he wanted me to, uh, I, I was res- going to be wrestling. um, uh, Survivor Series and it was me Hogan and Demolition so he says Jake we've got this great idea it's gonna be so visual here's what we want to do can you get a snake that is big enough that Hulk could carry the head Demolition could carry the middle and you could carry (laughs) the end and I'm like Vince, I mean, I, I get the visual effect you're looking for there, ma'am, but isn't that kind of screwing with my gimmick? No, 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 Jake, come on, it's television. I'm like, okay, I'll call Albert and see what I can do. So I call Albert my psycho, sicko snake handler. So <laughs> Albert, they're screwing with the gimmick. And Albert, man, he was a real psycho. He was like Charles Manson revisited. And this guy was, whew, he was out there. But, he, you know, I said, Albert, you're, you're messing with the gimmick. They're wanting to pick a big snake, and everybody's going to hold up. You can't let everybody else touch it. Only you, Jake. Only you. And I said, good. We're on the same page. See, can you get a snake that is big enough for all four guys to carry it, and maybe a little too big? Done. So I forgot about it. And uh, three weeks later, we're at uh, Richville Coliseum. And uh, you know how they time you to go do, do your procession to the ring? You know, they want to time everything out so everybody knows how much time it takes for these this, you know, to announce these four guys and they go to the ring. So Vince is like, Jake, where's Albert at? I said, Oh, I seen him earlier. We need to find him. Okay, I found him. I said, Albert, Vince wants the snake. He goes, He's in that crate. What crate? That one? I'm like, oh my God.
1: <laughs>
3: Couldn't you get a bigger box? No, I had to cram him in that one. Cram him in that one? <laughs> this box was from here <laughs> to there in a square and this tall. I'm like, oh, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> so he gets the pry bar and starts prying the nails out of it. And he gets about a little over halfway. And then all of a sudden that box went flying in the air and this son of a bitch came out. (laughs) Holy Jesus, holy Jesus. (laughs) The hand of this snake, this is no lie, this big, (laughs) could swallow a human like that. Is it a boa constrictor? 375 pounds, anaconda. Anaconda, wow. Anaconda. The middle of it was about this big and it was amazing at how fast Hogan could move. And of course this monster comes out and Albert, I'm like, God damn Albert. And Albert takes off running and jumps and lands on the snake. The snake picks him up and then slams him to the floor. Split his skull. He's out and I'm gone. <laughs> and everybody else was too. And Vince is going, Get that goddamn thing out of here. Yeah, as soon as Albert gets up, you know. <laughs> yeah, that snake was like 26 feet long. Yeah, it was. The fact that it exists is scary. Oh, yeah. Well, no, Albert actually showed me a picture of the snake swallowing a horse. Yeah. Yeah, and he had the head and the front legs down. Yeah, man.
1: Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a
0: wonderful day!
1: It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible.
0: I need to go.
1: Hang on. It is our time kingdom of the planet of the apes now playing only in theaters tickets on sale now rated pg-13 some material may be inappropriate for children under 13
2: let me ask you a question away from snakes something that i want to talk to you about Um, (laughs) when you think about jake roberts uh as a promo one of the greatest promos of all time and i and i would say that if you weren't here uh, the art of the promo to bring people into the arena to get them to watch the pay-per-view, whatever. You're one of the best, man. Because it's real for, it's real for you. It's real for me to watch you talk.
3: You know, it, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, but it's not really a secret, man. Uh, to do a promo right, You have to believe what you're saying, okay? So the first thing you never do is you never say something that you can't do in that match. Like you should never say, I'm gonna kill you. Okay, where where are you burying your people, asshole? (laughs) I'm gonna jerk your eyeballs out and swallow them. How many have you done so far? I mean, because you destroy that. And once you destroy that with a fan, you're mush, okay? So you got to keep it real. Now, the other thing is, you don't look at the camera. You look through it. When you talk to a fan, if you're cutting a promo on somebody, you don't look at them. You look through them. And you can pull that out of you. Here's how I learned it. When I was a kid, I was being sexually abused. And... When you're a kid and that stuff's happening to you, you learn to lie because your life is on the line. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and you've got to learn to read people because you want to be able to read that person to see what kind of mood they're in. What can I say that's going to keep her from doing what she does? And how can I get out of this unscathed? And I think that I, I gained a lot of my wrestling ability from having to deal with that. When your nuts are on the line, brother, you're going to get a promo out there that makes them believe what you're saying. And that's the whole thing about a promo. you got to say it and believe it. You know, I mean... Vince used to really challenge you, you know, because he would have you doing stupid stuff sometimes, you know, like the Bad News Brown and the sewer rat from hell. My God, we took that angle down south. There wasn't a southerner in the building that did not know what that sewer rat was. It was a possum. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I still had to do that promo and believe, you know. And I, did, I, did
2: a, I did a promo once. I can't remember what it was for. I did the promo and Vince went, one take, done. One take, Jake. Yeah. That's from you. Yeah. It took me a while to figure that out. I thought one take, Jake, it Ryan's. But wait a minute. A couple weeks later, did you say one take, Jake, because of Jake Roberts? Oh, oh, yeah. One take. That's all yeah. I needed. Yeah. One to, take.
3: They used to challenge me. You know, Back in those days, we were doing 70 or 80 interviews back to back. And the, for local towns, for the townspeople. Yeah, spots? because yeah. With Vincent. we're
2: coming to Atlanta. We're coming to Dallas. Blah oh, blah. Wow. Yeah,
3: you had it. And Howard Finkel was getting a nut because he got to watch and pick ones, which ones only, which ones he liked. Howard, they're all good. Stop it, you know. But <laughs> that was his job, so he, you know, he took. Yeah. Anyway, but I would get bored doing it. And I'd say, okay, man, I you guys got to help me out, man. I said, y'all just give me a word and I'll take off with it, you know? And they might say, spaghetti. And I'd just do a promo and talk about spaghetti and I was the meatball bitch, and you know? And uh, <laughs> I'm gonna whip that sauce up right, baby, and feed you, feed you good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, And uh, the best interview I ever done, I didn't say anything. I, I looked at the camera I said, guys, let this go. And I looked at the camera and I started going. And the sound guy said, Jake, we're not getting it. God damn it, man, do it again. So we did it again. (laughs) And so after about 30 seconds, I went, now, go ahead and look at that kid sitting next to you and tell him that I can't make you get up and fix the television that's not broken. Because I made you get your fat ass up. And gotta fix the television just by looking at you. And, you know. That's awesome. You gotta keep it simple, Chris. You know, people don't wanna have to figure some bullshit out where it's a 13 year documentary from the sci fi, Fernum Dernum. No, 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 no. Give me some eggs over easy with a biscuit and some gravy and two slices of bacon, (laughs) you know. I'm sorry, Dallas, I'm eating the gluten, you know.
2: (laughs) That's great. That's genius. Uh, As we start to wind down here, I want to talk about the the DDT. I don't know, I would never seen it before as a a 16-year-old wrestling fan, but I didn't watch lots of tapes and stuff. Where did you find, did you invent the move? Did you see somebody do it? Where did it come from? I invented that by
3: accident. How? I had a front face lock on a fella you know, with his head in here. And back then I was using a knee lift for a finish. So during you know what? The, a knee lift. Okay. For a finish. So I got him in a front face lock, and he crams me into the corner once, and I fight him back out into the middle of the ring. He crams me in again. Boom, I almost let go, but I fight him back out in the middle again. Now finally the third time, boom, I release. Then as he staggers back, I catch him with a short knee lift. I dive on him across the ring, but he got his foot on the rope. One, two, all oh, the foot's on the rope. So it was a high spot. So one night, I had the guy, and we're doing that, and as I hooked the head and he went to push me, he stepped on my foot and made me fall. <laughs> well, at the time, I was a baby face. So I sprang to my feet like, hey, that wasn't me. That guy made Nothing me fall. Nothing happened. Yeah. You know, I didn't see that. That wasn't me, you know, and uh, foul, foul. uh, But the the other guy, he stayed down. And I'm like, whoa, because I'm listening to the people, and they're like, oh. It took their breath away. That's a good thing. So after that, I started working on it. And, you know, the whole key to the thing is to shoot the left leg through. A lot of guys hook the guy, and they hop. Oh, God, I hate that. If you take the left leg back and then you sling it as hard as you can, that gives you the speed. And it drives them flat. And uh, it's, it's sweet, but you can't do it on concrete. <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: but here's the thing about that though, like as wrestlers, as performers, we want to always try and create something that yeah. will last forever. Like if you chop somebody, people always go, whoo! The, the DDT it's like, okay dude, I'll I'll give you DDT like it's just a commonplace thing yeah. let's think back to you inventing it and coming up with this name which I want to yeah. ask you about that it's now a move that yeah. you created yeah. and a thousand Correct. years when both of us are yeah. gone they'll still be calling DDTs
3: yeah and hopefully somebody will sell it you know? <laughs> 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 but but hold on People ask me all the time, hey, Jake, don't you get pissed off when you see these guys using the DDT? No, I don't. You know why? Because each time they do it, they're just telling you, that goddamn, Jake Roberts did it and you didn't get up. Jake must be a bad motherfucker. (laughs) Right, right. That's it, man. Now, the name... The name came from i picked up a usa today newspaper one morning after we invented it and uh the u.s government was outlawing ddt and ddt at the time was a thing they sprayed on the plants and stuff insecticide or something yeah, yeah. insecticide is 9-ethanol. it's like 26 letters you know and i'm like Wow, and, and the reason they were outlawing it was because it was poison to the brain. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, <sighs> yeah I took <think> that one. <sighs> yeah.
2: I like yeah. that. But it's also so easy to chant. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. To the point where a DDP told me he he took Diamond Dallas Page, yeah, because you could do DDP the same way you could do DDT.
3: Yeah, really?
2: very smart move.
3: Yeah, a couple no good fool, ideas. Man. Yeah, he stole a couple. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, who were some of your favorite opponents over the years?
3: Len Denton. Len Denton, wow. Len Denton, the grappler from Portland, grappler, Oregon. Yeah, I. Uh, that's, that's who I at the DDT <laughs> with, Ronnie Garvin. Really? Oh my God! How, was he he was good as an opponent? Oh my God! It was a street fight. In fact, if it had been a street fight, I would have given up two or three times. <laughs> Goddamn right they were. Whew. He would jack you up. And I'll tell you I'll tell you a funny one on Ronnie Garvin. Now Ronnie and I I, I don't know, Chris. If you're like this, I like to feel it. You know. You want it strong, I strong do. style. I want it solid. If I don't feel it, I don't. No, 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 no. You know. And Ronnie was all about that. And uh, so we, we we punished each other quite a bit. In fact, we had a strap match that uh, people were getting out of the first two or three rows and moving because they were getting blood all over them and because we were laying it in and. Uh, I would beat the hell out of Ronnie Garvin, and I'd look down at him, nope, he's not coming up yet. You know, and certain guys would do certain things right before they make their comeback, you know. Ronnie had something that would happen with him right before he would make his comeback, and I'd know that he was coming up right then. And what it was was his nipples would get hard. <laughs> I seen him about six months ago after many years of pondering that, and I said, Ronnie, bro, I, I gotta ask you something. And he says, What's that, Jake? I said, how come your nipples got hard right before you made a comeback? And he's like, Oh, get out of here. No, Ronnie, I'm serious. Now I'm really scared, you know. Ronnie, he would stomp a mud hole in your ass. I just loved the guy to death, man. I had so much respect for him, you know, because he was solid, and because, um, you know, here I was a young punk compared to him, and he was letting me lead him. And uh, I was booking Georgia Championship Wrestling at the time. Which uh, here's some great news for all you guys. I've got a book that'll be out in a couple of months. And it's finished, and uh, it's going to press. But I'm doing it all myself, so I'm take an extra week or so here. But the good news is there's about 500 pages, and uh, that that gets you through half of my career, you know, <laughs> because it is an in-depth book. It's not just about me going there and wrestling so and so. No, there's there's a lot of backstory and, and thinking to it, and reasons why and and some heavy stuff, man. I think you're really gonna dig it, you know? And if you don't, just keep your f***ing mouth shut. And it.
2: Stop it. Uh, last question for you. Uh, and you've had such a long career. Uh, what is your favorite match or matches? Is the one that stands up
3: for you? You know what it's like, Chris? I mean, each night that I was out there, it was the greatest time of my life. Everything that I struggled with in my life never touched what I did in the ring. Because no matter what I was going through in my life at the time, when I got in that ring, that was my time in the rings time. And I could do whatever I wanted and present whatever I wanted. To me, wrestling a match was like making love. Except, I never cheated on the ring. <laughs> and I'm not happy about that, okay? Don't even get me started there. So, that's, yeah, it's in the book. and you have- You'll definitely understand it. I hope you understand it. Uh, I I dipped I dip the wick in way too many places, man, you know. And uh, all that did is cheat me out of a real relationship and a real love affair. You know, and the only real love affair I've ever had in my life has been with this ring. You know, and uh, I miss so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I walked off with your, your question. But as far as great, I mean, how, how do you dis? You know, how do you not say Andre the Giant? Being in the ring with Andre the Giant, are you kidding yeah, me? Tell us about what that. What in the hell was I doing? Why do you friggin' fans hate me so much that you want the Giant to eat me? Because you know? uh, he was a my, great worker too. Oh, he was phenomenal. I mean. Uh, if he liked you, if he did not like you, <laughs> run for your life. The macho could not outrun him.
0: <laughs> did did
3: did Andre like you? He loved me. Yeah, and uh, I got that because the very first time we wrestled, he guzzled me to the point he didn't hardly let me up off the mat, and I was so hurt and angry because I. Thought so much about what I can do for this guy because Andre at the time his body was breaking down on him so I didn't knock him off his feet because it was hard for him to get up if a guy can't get up don't expose a guy's weakness never expose your opponent's weakness elevate everything there is about him So he knew that I didn't do that shit, and here he just guzzles me. But what he's doing, he was challenging me to see if I would stand up. And I could not believe I did it, and after I did it, I punched myself a couple of times really hard. You (laughs) dumbass fool, you know, because I kicked the dressing room door open and started screaming at him. And to the point that both the agents ran out of the room. Not because they were scared of me, because they ran right by me. (laughs) But they just figured Andre was going to tear me apart. Scared of the boss. and Yeah, and I just said, you sorry, mother. Why would you do that? I wanted a chance to make money with you, man. I'll bust my ass for you, and I'll do the right things, man. Why did you do that to me? Just wanted to see. Wanted to see what? He wanted to see if I'd stand up for the right thing. Mm. You know, Andre love this business you know and he he was having to see people come up and get opportunities that didn't deserve it Uh, sometimes he was even asked to do things for people that didn't deserve it and because he was professional he went ahead and did them but wrestling was all he had this was all he had man and uh it was all of his joy. You know, he, he had a tough life. And um, people were very rude to him and, and ugly to him and never had a private moment. You know, and um, I miss him. I miss playing cards with him. We used to play cards every night. And we played Crazy Eights, you know, and, or we'd play, we'd play uh, Cribbage. Uh, a quick story about that. I'm playing him cribbage at WrestleMania 3, all right? At WrestleMania 3, he had been asked to come to the office to discuss the finish of his match with Hogan five times. And each time, he stood him up. You what? He stood him up. <laughs> and Vince finally says, Andre, what is going on? I don't know, Vince. I'm thinking I like the title. <laughs> what? You can't be serious. No, I, I like this. You make the new belt. I don't want you to waste your money. It, it feels good, and I get respect. Let me think about it. Click. And Vince is going to Hogan, going hoaxer. He's he's uh he's balking. He's saying, I'm not going to the ring." You know, Hogan <laughs> right. Jones. I ain't going to the ring if you don't want to do it. Right. He'll be dead and You're gonna send my ass out there to get my head torn off. <laughs> and he wouldn't commit. And so that day, we get to the building like 11 o'clock in the morning, and as soon as I walk in, Andre grabs him. We're playing cribbage, and I've got him down like 20 bucks, what a big deal. <laughs> and it's 3.30 in the afternoon, Vince is going, Andre, please. I'm playing cards. <laughs> Golf, you know? <laughs> and of course, Vince is going behind Andre and looking at me going, Right and I'm like, Andre, I got a really good... You shut down. <laughs> and Vince is doing this. Yeah, I'm thinking the way I go here, you know? And he worked them until the bell rang. And he yelled at Hogan, Go for the ring! <laughs> he still hadn't told him he was going to do it. And he waited until he got in the ring to tell Hogan it's Okay. And so he always in, talks, but he didn't know the finish until he He did not in the know ring. the finish until he was in the ring, man. And he was scared. To fucking, and I get it, man. I mean, I, he sat on me one time in the corner and, and just crushed me. And uh, then my shoulder, I thought I was having a heart attack. My shoulders were starting doing the, you know, <laughs> quaking and shit. And uh, I'm on my side, man. i I went numb. And... The referee comes over to him, and Andre's laughing. And, and the guy says, um, "Why are you laughing, Andre?" He goes, "I'm farting." And, uh, it, I, I counted the seconds. You know. It was right at forty seconds. You know. it, it wasn't. It wasn't a. You know, it was a it was a very eerie sound once he got off of me I looked at my shoulder and I had like a wine stain you know (laughs) Jake
2: I love you guys God bless hey thank you listen the Snake Robbers.